My name is Yinka Delanwa. Welcome to the Believer's Foundation. I'll be taking the topic on now that you are saved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible clearly states that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's your state. That's your reality. And you must understand that. But want to backtrack a bit and just go through some scriptures to understand where are you coming from and where are you going. So let's just open our Bibles to John chapter 8 verse 44. There you will see Jesus addressing the Pharisees and he said a very profound statement. He said, ye are of your fathers the devil and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So you'll see there Jesus saying to the Pharisees that the reason why you're operating the way you're operating is because you're of your father. And for anyone that is not born again, that's what you do. Because the operating system on your inside is still for, you're being run by the devil. And you've got to understand that you need to now get born again. Now, if you look at um, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, you will see there that the Bible says that you have a stony heart if you are not born again. That's where you were. You were there. So you don't have a stony heart anymore. You have a heart of flesh. You must understand that. In Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 15, it says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. That was what happened to you. Jesus abounded grace to you. And what did he do? He was trying to help you to get back into the state that you ought to be in. Because when God initially made man, he made man good. And you must understand that. So when we want to function, we want to function based on the original operating system, which was in you before the foundations of the earth. So let me quickly just share this simple story. A loved one gifted you with a laptop. And in the laptop um, it was a new one, brand new, everything in place all things functioning well, but a friend of me came around and said, let me give you the latest movie. And when he did that, he connected his hardware, um, his hard drive to your particular system. And unknowingly, or well, that was what you thought, but knowingly for him, he introduced a malware and introduced a virus, a worm, uh, introduced all kinds of things, and you did not have control over your laptop again. He could send an, um, uh, emails from your laptop to anyone, and you didn't really have full control over the laptop. What do you do in such a situation like that? You take it back to a technician who now decides to reload the laptop. When you come into church, you are coming to a technician. You are coming, possibly, you may have come and stood in front of the altar. The pastor was the technician that helped you to be able to understand and now reload the laptop. He led you on a sinner's prayer, and you said that prayer. What you were doing while you were saying that prayer was allowing the technician to now reload that operating system so that you could operate at a much better level and go back to the state you were in before the, before the introduction of those viruses and all those other things. Now, as a believer, you must understand that you are now a clean slate. There is a clean slate available to you. For anyone who is in Christ, is a new creation. 
The old has passed, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The new has come. So it's a new slate, completely new. Now, somebody says, oh, pastor, it's a new slate. Uh, pastor, you said I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How does, how does that um, relate? I see how I live. I see what I'm going through. I see where I'm at. But yet, I still don't understand why I act the way I act. So I just want to bring you up to speed with what really happened. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You must understand that you are falling short, but now Christ has raised you back back to where you used to be. You must understand that. You must come to terms with it. You must come to terms with that. Uh, according to John 3, from 3 to 6, that you needed to be born again. That's why you walked up. And you understood in 2 Corinthians, in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Let me read that scripture to you. Romans 6, 6. Okay? It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. You've got to know it. You've got to understand it. You've got to know it. It's something that you've got to do. Praise God. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. That's who you are. You shouldn't serve sin. But pastor, I see myself serving sin. I see myself, the things I want to do, I don't do. But the things I don't want to do, I do. Well, that's the, that's the state you are currently in. But by this teaching, you'll be able to understand what to do to be able to transit from where you are at to where you should be. Because the truth be told, what is available to you is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Positionally, potentially, that's who you are. And you must take it that way. That's what you should do. But here you see that he said something very crucial. He said, knowing this. You've got to take the step to know. You've got to take the step to realize what is going on. And uh, in verse 9, it says, Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. It's also a knowing. Knowing is important when it comes to the scheme of things. You must be aware. You've got to be aware of where you are at and where you should be in. Okay, let me go to Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That's one of the things that you have as a believer now. You died with Christ. You identified with his death. How did you do that? By you coming forward and saying, Jesus, come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. You identified with him and you died. The death he died, you died also. And now the life he lives, you live as well. You must understand that. You must understand that you live the same life. I, I'd like to go back to verse 4 of that same chapter. He says, Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. In the newness of life. That's who you are. You are supposed to walk in the newness of life. So it's a progressive step. It's not going to happen just because something went on and then, okay, now I went in front of the altar, uh, gave my life to Christ, and everything just goes. No, it's not just going to happen that way. Praise God. You've got to understand that it's a process. And one of the processes that you must put in place is the renewal of your mind. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. What that simply means is this. 
You are the one that will meditate on the word of God day and night. You are the one that takes it as a discipline to read the Bible, to now take that Bible and practically understand it. How do you do that? Let me give a classic example. Let's say you're walking um, right now on a particular sin. Let's say, okay, um, uh, it's a sin situation. If you are walking on that, get scriptures as touching that situation and then begin to meditate. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God's righteousness, it, it means I'm the righteousness, not of man, but of God. What you are doing is you are trying to soliloquize. You are trying to say it back to yourself over and over till your inner man, till the OS grabs a hold of what you are saying. When the OS does, it begins to operate because you have imputed an app. A lot of times, the scriptures we read and we meditate on, is there are apps that you are putting into your new laptop that has been reloaded. And the more you understand that, you are able to now allow that particular system work for you. A lot of times, when you don't dwell on the word, you are not putting in the proper apps. Um, case in point, I was trying to ask um, just before I went on this broadcast from one of the technical people that can you put an app, um, Apple um, OS on a um, Windows? And the, the person said, no, it's an error. It doesn't happen. It's, you can put a Windows on an, uh, on an Apple OS, but you can't impute uh, an Apple onto a Windows laptop. And I was like, oh, so that's... What you are doing a lot of times is to pick what people say. What people say is like an apple trying to enter into a Windows OS. It's not going to work. What you need is the word of God that you dwell upon over a period of time and it builds the picture of who you really are and it begins to change you from the inside out. What you've tried to do is change yourself from the outside in. I will not sin again. I will not look at that woman again. I will not watch this. I will not do this. But that's from outside in. What you've got to do is build it from the inside out. Get scriptures. Let it dwell on you. See, the rings in your heart, that's when faith is released. And when it rings, it creates the picture. It creates an image that you can work with. And that image already implanted on your OS is the app that now makes it function. Praise God. Okay. So what happened uh, the new birth. Romans 6, 8, um, I've read that already. Colossians 2, 12. Colossians 2, 12. Let's look at that. Colossians 2, 12 says, Bur You have been buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he also raised you technically, from the dead. So you have been raised up to sit with Christ Jesus. You are not the low man anymore. You are the exalted man. You are the man that can operate and function in two worlds at the same time. You are here on earth, but you can pull from the resources of heaven to bear on the situation you are in. So let's give a case in point. You have 
a sickness on your body. And pastor says that you are the righteousness of God. And it also tells you that uh, you are the healed of the Lord. Because by the righteousness of God, he has already paid the price as well. If you look at First uh, Peter 2.24, the same sacrifice that was paid for your sins was also the sacrifice paid for your health. So you see, pastor, uh, but I'm still having ill health. I'm still having sicknesses on my body. What do you need to do? Then you need to get the scriptures and start meditating. One of the scriptures you can get is Isaiah 53, verse 4. Another one is 1 Peter 2, 24. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Peter 2, 24. You've got to understand that when you pick those scriptures, in fact, let's, let's read 1 Peter 2, 24. Let's use it as a, um, as a way of us understanding it a little better. It says, who his own body, that's Jesus Christ bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Not are healed, were healed. Meaning that what he did then is already holding sway now. All you've got to do is engage it. So how do I engage it, pastor? Very simple. All you've got to do is pick up that scripture and begin to say to yourself over and over. Look at that scripture and say to yourself, Put yourself into that scripture. Be the one that the scripture is talking to. So by the stripes of Jesus, I have already been healed. So I'm already healed. So body, hear ye the word of the Lord. I am healed already. Temperature, go down. Now, why are you saying that? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that means there is nothing stopping you. You can actually pull the resources of heaven to bear on your situation. You've got a legal right. That's what part of righteousness means. It's not just saying to you that, okay, this is my state. I'm no longer without sin. It's also saying you have rights with God. You have capacities with God. And you can pull to bear just like a God man. You can pull to bear into your situation. So you speak to your body and say, hear ye the word of the Lord. By the stripes of Jesus, I have already been healed. So body, hear ye the word of the Lord. You say it to yourself over and over. It may not change it at that point in time, but what you are doing is you are infusing right now and trying to load on your system an app called Healing. And that app will work as long as you load it properly. Have you ever been in a situation where you are loading an app, it was um, booting and just going on, it was buffering, and you saw 45, 55, 75, what that simply means is that it's not yet fully loaded on your system. Sometimes our confession of the word it has not yet fully done its work. Just stay at it, keep at it. It will load till the very end. And when it hits the very end, the app functions properly. You'll notice it will now give a statement that says initializing. That initializing is when you release your word the next time and it produces the manifestation which you desire. But let me move on to something else. So let me say this. For anyone coming into Christ Jesus, you've now come in. You are here. You are seated. You are in a state of that I am with God. What you need to do is embark on a growth journey. How do I embark on a growth journey? I'm going to be talking about some areas that people don't really talk about. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Paul said it this way. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What was Paul saying in that point? Paul was saying, I, 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 I put under. I put on. I don't put the responsibility on God. No, I put it under. The same way when your laptop 
had a problem. You didn't put the responsibility on the manufacturer. You took it back to the technician for him to reload your system back again. So the same way you take the responsibility to keep your body under. There's a responsibility, friends. There's a responsibility on us to now keep our bodies under. It's not going to happen because God said so. It's going to happen because you did what God said. Hallelujah. Let me look at another scripture. Galatians 5.24. What does it say? And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. So they are the ones that crucified, not Christ crucifying. They crucified the flesh and the affections and the lust. They are the ones that do that. It's not going to be God doing that. God has done everything. In fact, let me just throw this scripture in. The Bible makes us to know in First Peter two, um, no, Second Peter chapter one. It says very clearly that God has done everything that He has to do concerning life and godliness. He's not going to do. He has already done. So everything that needs to be done for you to live a prosperous life, for you to live a healthy life, for you to live a great life has already been given the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You entered into a relationship that brought about that on your OS. It's now being reloaded back and everything is there. The potential for this particular laptop to work and function in life is already there. What you need to do is load it with the proper apps that will make that laptop do what it was designed to do. Make life easier for you. So the same way, you must understand, hallelujah, glory to God. You must understand that according to Galatians 5.24, you are to put your body under. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye, not God, ye, not God, ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of service. You are the one that puts your body under. You are the one that has the responsibility. Reckon yourselves dead unto sin and alive unto Christ. That's what Paul said in Romans 6. He says you should be the one to reckon. You've got to make the decision. Why did I start that way? I started that way because while you are trying to renew your mind, you must set parameters in place for the system to work. You must set it in place. When the parameters are there, then putting all the other things will function as well. So you see here, it says that by the message of God that you should present your bodies. So you're not going to do it by your own power. No, 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 stop. Stop there. You're not going to do it by your own power. You can't. That was why you needed Christ. What you're going to do is you're going to receive his help receive his mercies, and utilize that strength that comes from him to be able to overcome what is ahead of you. So you now present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now look at verse 2. He says, and be not conformed to this world. So that's the second thing. You have to take the decision not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You infuse the word of God by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God expects you to renew your mind. How does that work? I just showed you some minutes back that you just pick up scriptures and begin to say it over to yourself. Begin to think differently about a particular situation. Maybe you are the kind of guy that gets angry a lot. Pick up scriptures. One of the things I did as a young believer, because I used to get angry a lot, one of the things I did was to go pick up the Proverbs 
I picked up Proverbs and looked for everywhere that there was a word called angry. And I read it all through. I read it again and again. And I found that there was a pattern that the angry person never ended up well. I found out that an angry man is a fool. I found out that an angry I, I saw so many things and I looked. Ah, I don't want to end up on this. I didn't like the destination. So what did I do? I took myself away from the road. So what did I do? I simply began to speak to myself that this is not who I am. And I now found scriptures that told me, ah, this is who I am. I picked up 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I began to say, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always loves, always hopes, always perseveres. It never fails. I looked at that. And I began to see that that was a better picture. That was what I needed to see. So I picked up that scripture and I began to say it to myself. I took months. I'm not saying that. Uh, let, let me quickly say this. I'm not telling you that it's going to happen overnight. You're going to, it's a process. The same way when your laptop gets back to you, it's a process to put back different apps. They would have tried to load as much as they can, but there are apps that you had personally put on that, those, uh, on that laptop that you need. So you'll be downloading it bit by bit, the ones you need, and even the ones you didn't have before, you will download. So in the same way, it's a process. You keep bringing in more information to help your OS, that's your spirit man, to function in the best way possible. Hallelujah. So let's go on. Mm-hmm. So, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we see that it's a renewal of the mind. It's a new kingdom, folks. It's a new way of life. It's a new way of operation. And you've got to understand that I'm not going to do it the old way. Case in point. A guy that wants to break the habit of him smoking does not put packs of cigarettes all around him and then now say, oh, well, I'm now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Come on. I, I've been told by pastor that ah, uh, God is in me. God is for me. God is... Uh, oh, fantastic. You've said that. But if those packs of cigarettes are there, that's what I meant by you put your body under. If those packs of cigarettes are there, you will fall back to what you were doing before. So clear out the packs of cigarettes. Is it pornography? Clear out. In fact, be... Put pop-up blockers on your laptop, on your phone, on all those things. Is it that, okay, um, I, I, I love to look at women and, uh, and have sex with them? Then find creative ways of blocking yourself and seeing them as true human beings. They are not sex objects. They are human beings. Yeah, human beings. And you should treat them with respect, with honor. So go through the scriptures and see what the Bible says about women and then begin to operate that way. You will fall out of that situation and fall into a better situation whereby you are treating people, you are getting better results, you are living fine, you are living strong, and things are working for you. You've got to be the one that starts the process. The starting of this process cannot be done by God. He's done all he needs to do. You now have a part to play. You do. You do. So let's go on. Now, how do I do that? In um, Romans chapter 6, Romans 6, you will say, this book of Romans is serious. Yes, it is. In fact, I will then join you. I will advise. One of the things I did for myself was to go through the book of Romans. It helped me to stop some things and helped me to start some things. Quite sincerely, there was a lot that was going on in my life. So please, friends, feel free. We all did not fall from heaven born again. We all didn't. You, I may look all dandy and many men of God may look all dandy and all that. That's not who we were at the beginning. We all had one issue or the other. That's why we came to Jesus. And that's why you've come to Jesus. So if we could do it, you can. And in fact, I, say, I, I usually say this way, you can even do much better than me. 
Why? I started from a very bad state. I'm sure you didn't start from there. Amen. So let's go on. Okay, so Romans chapter 6 from verse 4. I want to read it very quickly. Therefore, we are buried with him. I'm reading now in context. Buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. He died, we died. He rose from the dead, we rose from the dead. It says here, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So the OS on your inside is saying you should not serve sin. Praise God. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourself. So it starts from the mind. Reckon ye yourself, dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto Christ, through Jesus Christ. Let none sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the loss thereof. Praise God. So, um... What do you do as well? You walk in the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? Aside from you um, meditating and reading the Scriptures, take time to pray. Walking in the Spirit, as found in Galatians 5.16, Paul said, walk ye in the Spirit. One of the things you can do is pray in tongues. I I remember a friend of mine who had a problem with smoking. The guy said that um, uh, actually a believer just like you, but he still had a problem with smoking. And he tried everything possible to stop it. One day he just looked and he said, okay, you know what? He heard a pastor that said that just keep on praying. Whenever that urge comes, pick the cigarette up and start praying in tongues. He looked, ah, pastor, are you saying, yeah, pick it up. So what he did, he went home, practiced it, picked up the cigarette, lit it, and put it on his lips. And by and pray in fervent tongues. And then he put the cigarette for the first time in a very long while, because the first time he did put the cigarette, he obviously coughed. But the first time in a very long while, he began to cough. And he wondered what was wrong. The OS had changed. He was now working with the OS. So he had engaged the spirit. And now the spirit was saying, error, error. This doesn't work here. Error, error. You can't put an uh, apple into my windows. Error, error. And so the guy finally dropped the cigarette. And at the end of the day, that was where he got his deliverance. From that day on, he never picked a cigarette again. And I can attest to the fact he never did. And he's a pastor today, doing fine in the Lord. How did that happen? He engaged the spirit. So sometimes you need to pray in tongues. But let me quickly just drop this. A lot of times people want to use praying in the spirit to also fight against um, um, sexual sins. Why doesn't it work the way you want it to work? I'll tell you. Very simple. How it doesn't work is this. When you pray, you get fond of and you bond with the person you pray to, the person you pray with, and the person you pray for. If the person you pray with is the person you are sexually attracted to, you are bonding, uncle. You are bonding. So why then is it a surprise for you to find out that you are and then you are getting because you caused a problem. So let me go back to the first point, which was that build structures. What's the structure? Don't put yourself in a precarious situation. Find creative ways you want to pray, pray in the open. 
Sin thrives in secrecy. If you want to kill sin, open it up. Make it very visible to everyone. You will break out of it. So you ain't going to kiss again, obviously. You ain't going to grab, obviously. If it is, uh, I, I give this example. I say, there's nobody crazy enough that comes to church. Pastor, I'm feeling very randy. And then he comes, looks at his sister, who is also randy, and the two of them, while in church, in service, everything is going on. People are praying in tongues and everything. Power is moving. Then they now say, undress, let's sleep. They won't do that. Why won't they do that? Because the atmosphere that was created is not an atmosphere that can allow that to occur. Create such atmospheres around you. Build the structures around you. You will break free from it. So that's one of the things why you do some of the things you don't want to do and some of the things you want to do, you are not able to do it because you have not built the proper structure, you've not renewed your mind, you are not walking and engaging the spirit. When we say walk in the spirit, we are saying engage the spirit. Engage him. Engage him in meditation. Friends, you've got to meditate. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, it says meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. It's available, folks. It's available. Praise God. Finally, let me just say this. Building that kind of culture where you're spending time on the Word of God, you are engaging the Spirit intentionally. You are building the proper structures and you are renewing your mind. Will go a long way in helping you as a believer to run that Christian race and produce results at the end. I wish you a very victorious Christian life. God bless you.